Are you struggling to find the right broker to take advantage of opportunities in the market? Are you looking to trade commodities, shares, or even crypto? Even if you don't know much about trading, you can learn all about it by visiting Capital.com's website. That's C-A-P-I-T-A-L.com. Capital.com is a global trading platform with over half a million users. Visit Capital.com and start your trading journey today. Some months, like I would be depressed. I was like, what is going on? Like we were doing so well the past two months. Why is it not good? You know, like, and we did a huge like data dump. Like we just went in and we started seeing where we were doing well, where we weren't doing well. Where were people dropping off? Why were people dropping off? And we tried to start fixing show by show, show by show, show by show, you know? Welcome to Conversations with Lulu. My guest is Basil Anaptawi, the co-founder of Rising Giants Network, a UAE-born company that launched in July of 2020 and has since produced 30 English and Arabic podcasts. Basil is an early podcaster. You may know him from his show, Basil Meets. He's also one of the key figures in the podcasting scene in the region. In this conversation, we're going to talk about getting started with Basel Meets and what are some of the key learnings he has taken away. We're also going to talk about the challenges of this business and how are brands working with podcast networks to co-create content and build communities. Welcome to the show. Hey, I'm happy to be here. Yeah, great to see you. Last time I saw you, well, I was on your show on Basel Meets. Yeah. And then the second time I think we met, you were starting Rising Giants Network. That's true. Yes. So, uh, so it's been a couple of years, I guess. Yes, but we've we've stayed in touch. <laughs> we have stayed in touch. Yeah. You are definitely uh, someone I can pick up the phone and speak to, right? Anytime. Anytime. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Basel, tell us a little bit about Basel Meets. Like, what what got you to uh, to start it? Yeah. So um, you know, it, Basel Meets is it started off as a passion project. Um, uh, I've always wanted to start my own thing, and. Uh, and I've failed <laughs> miserably so many times. And, and it's my fault, to be honest. I, uh, I've always wanted to do something and I wouldn't commit to it. And I'd do something and didn't commit to it. Um, that's human, by the way. That's human. Yeah. 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 I, was, I am still very human, you know, about many of these things. But, but definitely, you know, I've always wanted to just get out of my comfort zone. And I wanted to do something. And, you know, I tried my hand at e-commerce. I tried my hand at content, I tried my hand at so many different things. And every time I would start, I get bored and you know, I- But you had a full-time job, let's, let's, uh, let's make it clear. Yeah, oh, of course, I had a full-time so job. in addition to what you were doing. On the exactly, day, right? yeah. I would come back home, I still remember this, I come back home, my wife, Dana, bless her, she was she was always like a, you know, overachiever, you know, she uh, she was an instructor at Flywheel, She's uh, she had a full-time job, she was doing her masters, and that always inspired me to like, get off my ass and do something, you know? So every night I would come back home, you know, my wife would sleep early because she had a class at 7 a.m. And I would sit there and open my laptop, open my presentation. I'm like, okay, ah, let's see. (laughs) E-commerce, you know? And I started like putting stuff together. I'd get bored after 10 minutes. I'd open Bukran. (laughs) I'd open Netflix and I'd do my thing, you know? Uh, But then like in 2017, um, I started like, when when I was running, I started getting bored listening to music. So uh, I thought, like, I'm going to, like, I want to check out this podcast app that I have, you know, and I'd look into it and I'd start, like, discovering Joe Rogan and, like, uh, how I built this and all these different shows. 
And I started listening to that, you know, and uh, and as I run, my runs have become so much more entertaining, and and I started looking forward to running. Before I was like, it was I, I was dreading it, you know, mm-hmm. because I, I used to hate it. So uh, so anyway, you know, I I started getting to that, and as more as I got into this, I started getting more passionate about the the the, the format of of podcasts, and um, and so I decided I'm like. This is it. This is what I'm going to be doing. I'm going to be doing podcasts. Mm-hmm. This is my new idea right now. I went to Dana, explained to her what a podcast is. She's like, sure, okay. You should get into, you should definitely do that then. Mm-hmm. Um, in parallel, I wanted to start my master's. I, I applied. Uh, I had to do a whole thing. Uh, I got accepted. But then I was like, no, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. That seems like it's a lot of work. <laughs> so I'm not going to do that. Um, so I decided to go buy a microphone and uh, I went, I looked at, uh, I went to Muragabat, it's a very dodgy area, <laughs> not dodgy actually, it's just a very old school area in Dubai um, and um, I love it, I love these old school areas. Went there, Melody House, uh, shout out to Melody House and I looked at the microphone and uh, I, I, I had a big dialogue with myself, should I or shouldn't I do this because I knew that every time I started something I just backed out, mm-hmm. and uh, and this time I have to put money behind it. And it's only 700 dirhams, but still there was now money behind this idea. And uh, but sure enough, I did it. I bought the microphone, and I, you know, I organized with my buddy Joakawi to uh, shout out to Joakawi to uh, to be part of my first episode. Mm-hmm. But then I remember that the night before I was out having dinner, me, Dana, and a couple of friends. And I was hoping to God that Joe would cancel, you know, or something. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, I was just, yeah, exactly. Just call him sick. And he messaged me at night. He's like, I was like, oh yes, Joe's canceling. And I open it and he's like, hey, we're on tomorrow. What time? He's like, damn it. Now I can't back out, you know? And so we did the first episode and the rest was history, you know, and uh, started. The first episode is daunting, by the way. Yeah. I remember I recorded my first episode at uh, at, uh, your studios, actually, where where you recorded. No way. Oh, I don't know that. Yeah. BKP. Yes, of course. I, re- I recorded one one episode there. It was, uh, yeah, it was my first one. With, with Bashar? Uh, Bashar was there, yes, your co-founder. Ah, yeah. And, I, and my my guest was Nadim Samara at the time. Oh, and yeah, I remember, I remember that, of yeah, course. Yes, I yes. I remember it was so daunting, you know, <laughs> that, that first time, like, I prepared so much. And yeah. Yeah, you're, you're, you're thinking about everything that could go, could go wrong. I didn't prepare anything, to be honest. Like, because I thought if I over-prepared, then I'm going to over-exert my mind, and then my mind's going to want to remember things. Yeah. And, you know, so I was like, let's just go have a conversation with Joe. Yeah. You know, what's the worst that could happen? You don't release it? Halas, you don't release it. Yeah. But I had such a good time doing it, you know. In the beginning, I was so nervous, you know. But then me and Joe have a lot of, like, very common interests. So, uh, so it was easy to do it, you know. Yeah. And I, actually, I found it easier to have conversations with people I don't know. You know, because okay. there's no expectations of how I should be, you know. So okay. you don't know me, I don't know you, and we should, like, ha- we just have a conversation, you know. In fact, the first time I had you on, we didn't know each other, right? Yes, like, we true. just spoke, and it was true. so easy for me to have a conversation with people that I don't know, you okay. know. Because when you know someone for so long, they already know who Basil is, you know. So on the podcast, I have to be a certain person, you know. And I try to be as much myself as possible. Right. When you know somebody for 10 years... It's kind of weird, you know, like mm-hmm. it, it felt weird, you know. Now I have to be battle of the podcast, strange, you know. Well, for me, it's 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 funny you say that because for me, I it was for me a lot easier to start with people I know. Oh, interesting. Uh, because I didn't have to research them as much or I didn't really uh, like because when you know somebody, I, I feel like you also know their character, their quirks. Uh, you know, there's yeah, I think there's more true. chemistry, etc. So for me, it was the other way around. Actually, I started maybe the first 
10, 15, even maybe 20 guests were people I know, and yeah. I know well, and then, uh, and then I started like bringing in other guests. I think you know what it is. I think it's a personality thing. Uh, I'm so like, I'm a very curious person, you know? So when you tell me something, mm -hmm. that kind of opens 10, door, 10 doors in my head to kind of follow into this, so which rabbit hole do I want to take with Lulu, you know? <laughs> this one seems interesting. And I remember you and I had a lot of conversations about, you know, being a mom, uh, mm. not me being a mom, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> being parents, I mean, um, and how you manage that and that kind of thing. Because I found that so fascinating by, like your journey was very interesting for me. Yeah. And the fact that you were also like a mom and you had just delivered, I think back then, remember? Yes. You were just delivered and, yes. and so, and I had related that so much to my experience with my wife who was just about to deliver and she's also, like I said, like she was, she's an overachiever and, you know, so I, I guess in nature I'm so curious that when I talk to people, I like to know more about them and I'm genuinely interested in what they have to say and how I can relate that to my story, my journey, my surroundings and that kind of thing. And that's why I think I found it to be easier to have just strangers in the podcast, you know? Yeah. It's weird, I know, but... Uh, but what you said, what you said, makes a lot of sense too. Like yeah, but you, I mean, you you went and reached out to people even outside of the region, right? Like yeah. you had international guests on your website. You had artists. True. Yeah. Like how did how did you get some of these artists? Like can you? Yeah, I mean, look, uh, you know, Basel Mace was a very interesting, um, uh, you know, uh, exercise in uh, in dropping your ego, you know, and just asking people to get on your podcast. And if they say no, they say no, you know? Yeah. And then suddenly I started becoming, in, I, got, I started getting into this thing. I had an Excel sheet with names of people on it, yeah. like people I would love to have on the podcast, you know? Khad Al-Amri was the first one. Khad Al-Amri, a uh, big influencer. Big, and, yeah. yeah, he's very big here. So easy for me to get him. Like it was just, uh, okay. I, I thought it was gonna be layers so of people. I should try him then. He's <laughs> awesome, I should definitely okay. hook you up with him. Okay. He's incredible, him and Salama, great people. Um, I just messaged him. Through Joe, Joe Akari, my first guest. Okay. So good thing he didn't cancel, you know. Um, he messaged, he put us in the group and I told him, hey, would you like to come on my podcast? He's like, yeah, and you know, he came on and had a like, really crappy, dingy studio uh, that I was recording out of. It was so dodgy, like, like, you know, it was just really weird. Even the owners were never there. Like, just keep the door open for me. <laughs> just okay. go in and it was so dodgy and, and dark and, but hey, I made it my home. Um, so yeah, I had Khaled on and then I would reach out to more and more people. Like um, I had Jeff Staple, who was a, a sneaker designer because I was into sneakers back then. Um, not so much right now. Okay. <laughs> I, you know, it was a very expensive hobby. Um, but like it was so cool to have him on and then uh, and I reached out to him through his website, you know, and people, he just said, okay. And, and the biggest one obviously being Slash from Guns N' Roses. Uh, I'm a huge rock fan and I'm a huge Guns N' Roses fan after Metallica, like Guns N' Roses is my second favorite. And uh, and I remember somebody telling me like, uh, why the f Slash get on your podcast? You're so small. Like why would Slash from Guns N' Roses get on your podcast? And I was like, well, all I got to do is try, you know? And I tried through Anghami, shout out to Anghami. Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, you know, I pitched it to them and I told them that, you know, they should come, he should come on my podcast. So if he comes, he shouldn't be talking to anyone except for me, you know? Don't give them to like some newspaper or whatever, like, yeah, who don't know what to ask him, you know? I know what to ask him, you know? Yeah. It's funny though, cause like I got a call from his manager when they, when, when obviously when it went through and, and okay. I got a call from his manager and they, they briefed me on what I can and cannot ask okay. slash. And they told me, you cannot ask him about Guns N' Roses. 
It's like, how can I have a conversation with a Guns N' Roses guitarist yeah. and not ask him about Guns N' Roses? Like, yeah, well, just that's because he just released a solo album. So you need to ask him about his solo album. Oh, okay. And, and so, but I, the way I did it was I asked him questions. But honestly speaking, I got amazing answers from him because I got so much press after it. Like, he said something. He, there was a song, a, a solo song that I like of Slash. Um, and I asked him about it. And, uh, and he said that song was supposed to be a pitch to The Walking Dead. It was supposed to be a song that they wanted, that he wanted to be on The Walking Dead because he loved that show, mm-hmm. but they rejected it. So he came, he took it and he made it his own song and it became like one of his big songs. Um, and that was an unknown fact. Like no one knew about this, mm-hmm. right? And uh, the moment it came on the podcast, it went on the independent, on like all these publications around the world. Yeah. Had Slash appeared on the Bass and Meats podcast, okay. me and Bass and Meats, yeah. you know, like, and they linked back to my podcast, you know. Yeah, it was amazing. Like, so it what, just, what's the learning from that? Like, I mean, I don't know if there's like a like for me. It's okay. So, I think from from Slash in particular, I think it's just you know, just go in there, try to if you get challenged by what not to ask. Try to ask him by what he wants to talk about, and then steer him into the you know into the territory where you want him to go. Um, but sometimes, honestly, like he will go to areas where you just didn't expect, and and it opens more like sort of doors for you to ask other questions. Like from the back of that, he started talking about Guns N' Roses himself. You know, he talked talk about you know how him and Miles Kennedy, his vocalist on uh, on his solo albums, how they work together, and how much he loves working with Miles and then how his experience as a solo artist is different from his experience on Guns N' Roses and how that happened, you know, like, so Khalas started talking about Guns N' Roses on his own and it was really cool, you know, and, but also I, I, for me it was amazing, like, it was the the small, you know, the young 19-year-old or 18-year-old who used to listen to Guns N' Roses all the time on the way to university, you know, fulfilling his dream, you know, sitting in front of Slash. And I had that, I'm lucky, alhamdulillah, like, I had that with Metallica, like, as well, because I was a Metallica fan since I was 13, you know, and the fact, I, I got to meet Metallica because of my Basel Meets Metallica campaign, you know, and, you know, I'm What sure. Basel Meets Metallica campaign? I mean, when they came in 2011 to Abu Dhabi, um, there was no way anyone was going to meet Metallica if it wasn't me. Like it's just I have I had to be. Like, there's no way I'm the biggest Metallica fan in the world, you know. <laughs> so I started this hashtag Best Meets Metallica on Twitter in 2011, and it just exploded. I was on TV. I was on like it's crazy. It became a top trending topic in the UAE. Okay. Uh, TV, magazines, websites, radio, everybody calling me like, why should you meet Metallica? And like I would pitch it to them and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And eventually, Do got me the pass. And uh, I got to meet Metallica, and I, I. And they were on your podcast. And well, there was no podcast back then. Okay. It was. Oh, that was 2011. Yeah, there was. Yeah. Uh, but but I got uh, the video and I put it on my YouTube channel, oh, right. and it was always called Basil Meets Metallica, you know, uh, the YouTube channel, and then I made it Basil Meets, and then started. And when I thought of a name for the podcast, I was like, I'm just gonna call it Basil Meets, Metallica slash Lulu, you know, everyone. I'm just gonna Basil Meets people, you know. So yeah. So so I guess your 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 thing is ask you know like don't don't be don't be scared to ask right. Yeah, don't be scared to ask. Be creative. I guess you're creative. I mean, you find ways to get to these people. Yeah. Hashtag campaign. Uh, yeah. Rami, like you're, you're always. You got to hustle. You know. Yeah. Like, you're always <laughs> finding a way. I've, I think I've always been. Um, I've always liked challenging myself to do something that's uh, that a lot of people couldn't do. Mm-hmm. So yeah, for example, when I first saw Metallica. 
ever. Uh, I saw them in uh, Germany uh, in 2008. And there was 90,000 people you know, coming to watch Metallica at that concert. So the odds of you being at the front barricade is one in 90,000, you know? Uh, well, not one in 90,000. I guess it fits 1,000 people, so whatever the math is. Uh, but you know what? I woke up at 7 in the morning, me and my buddy Zaid, and we went to the festival grounds, and we waited until they opened the gates, and we ran, it was us and another two to 300 people waiting. And we, fanatics. Yeah, fanatics, and we ran, and no food, no water, nothing. Yeah. I ran until I got the barricade, and this was at 10 in the morning, and I waited all, and Metallica was gonna come on at 10 in the evening. Wow. So I waited 12 hours. But you know what? Every single person who told me you were not gonna be at the front barricade, I proved them wrong. That was the front barricade. I saw Metallica for the first time right in front of me, and it was the best thing in the world. I do not regret it. Amazing. I had a huge meal afterwards because I was so hungry, you know? But yeah, that's, I mean, that attitude, it's so important, you know, like challenge yourself and what is your capacity capacity for you to do it? Like, you know, I think it's very important to understand what your capacity is mm. and and challenge that capacity, you know? And my capacity during Basel Meets is how many people can I get in this podcast and can I get Slash, can I get Khaled Al-Amri, can I get these people that are so unattainable, you know? And, and I think I proved to myself that I could do it. So on to the next thing. And yeah. what else can I test my capacity on? You know, and I think that's the biggest... You know, that's the biggest learning for me, not just Basimis, but just in general for everything that I do. Yeah. You know, work under pressure. What's your capacity to deliver, you know? So at what point did you decide I'm going to start a podcast network? So, I mean, <laughs> you went from a hobby. <laughs> Why did I do it? Ah, to <laughs> let me raise, you raised a million dollars. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, that was the announcement. Yeah, no, it is. It, it is. Yeah. Uh, it's just, I, it's, <laughs> I always uh, question my life decisions. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So. You can relate, right? You had a, a startup yourself, so yeah. you know how it's yeah. like not rosy at all. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you, you, sometimes you just, I think you, you, yeah, you just do it sometimes and you just think about it later, especially if it's, if it's, if it stems from a passion of yours. Yeah. Right? Like a lot of entrepreneurs could be calculating, thinking, okay, like this is a great industry that has a growth rate of X per year. And right. The, the total addressable market is like, you know, two billion. Therefore, I'm going like, <laughs> to pick this niche and build a business. So there's those types of entrepreneurs. Yeah. And there is like, you know, like me, like you, people yeah. who are. I'm definitely not that type. Yeah, yeah, me neither. When, when I, at least when, you know what? If I had to do it again, I would be that type. Yeah, like, I think because you learn and with I the process. Learned. Like, yeah. oh, I need to know this yeah. so make this succeed. Exactly. Yeah. But when I started, it wasn't like that. So, yeah, for sure. So you, you, you decided, okay, I want to build a business yeah. out of this. You're doing great. I mean, 30 shows. Yeah, we've got 30 shows. I mean, look, I... I uh, you have head shows as well. We have, yeah. I mean, look, it's... Look, alhamdulillah, it's... Uh, it's a struggle. It's a daily grind. You know, it is a daily grind. Um, you know, but, but it's, how we started was like I, I met Barry Kirsch. Barry Kirsch owns BKP. They're a post-production audio uh, studio in Dubai and uh, and in, in Saudi Arabia. And you know, amazing guy, uh, super down to earth. And you know, sometimes when you want to get into a business, you want to have the right person to do it with you know um, and he you is yeah, you have to and and I, I, I really gravitate to personalities that I feel complement mine you know um, look I was never like you, you said a very important thing like people who think about addressable markets and X by year blah, blah, blah. I'm not that person and I try to be and I think that's why every single time I try to start something it 
didn't pan out because I just realized I'm not that kind of person. I can't go to an investor and be like, X growth per year, but I just, I don't know how to do it. That's not my language, you know? <laughs> um, and I've never been, like, I was a content guy. That's my job. Like, my job was always in content and, you know, so I'm creative by nature. Hello, you know, I always also have a, a, a corporate side because I've always worked in company corporations and stuff like that, you know? So Barry is very much like me. Like, we clicked because we have that same thing, you know? Um, so... He told me I want to be, I want to start a podcast network, like, or I want to podcast, I want to start a podcast company. What do, what do you think? Because you have Bassin Meats. Like, I want to start a podcast network too. Like, I always thought that I want to get, you know, these shows that I love, like the Wondery shows or the NPR shows or whatever. I always wanted to do Arabic equivalents, you know? Um, and, uh, and he, you know, he said, okay, you can use my studios and let's do something together where you can utilize BKP studios and stuff like that. And, and we can be partners in this thing. And so we started, me, him, and my partner, Bashar. Um, shout out Bashar Najjar. Yeah. <laughs> also, Bashar, I got to meet him for the first time through Barry. And Bashar is amazing as well, like in terms of his personality, super chilled. I'm a super, like, you know, extrovert, you know, and Bashar is a very much of an introvert. But Bashar is the, the technical expert. He's a tech guy, yeah. He's the, he's the engineer. But the he's, yeah, my right hand guy, though. Like, he's, like, I couldn't ask for a better partner, you know? Mutawin, um, like, um, cooperative, and like, uh, you know, listens to, to me and, and I listen to him and we like, it's a very good relationship that we have. And so like when we felt like that, that could work, we then got a, a, another guy with us who can do the things that you talked about. Uh-huh. Ex-growth, um, about of shoe, uh-huh. you the, know. The Tam Sam song. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tam Sam song. What is that? Target addressable market. Uh, See, I don't even know what that is. We just got this out of the podcast. (laughs) No more investors in the future. No, but yeah, he's he he comes from that world, and he kind of believed in what we were doing. Uh So it's like, okay, listen, guys, like I'm gonna structure you, and I'm gonna put some money behind you, and uh, and then I'm gonna help you get investors. You know, and sure enough, he helped us with that. And you know, me and Bashar, we started creating shows, and in July 2020, we launched in the midst of the lockdowns. Yeah, like there was COVID-19 lockdowns, Kaza, like what are we going to do? Because we spoke about this before the lockdowns, but now we have no access to studios, we have nothing. Everyone is at home. <laughs> like, I keep throwing Arabic in there. Um, yeah, and then we, um, we, but we, it worked in our favor because Bashar was in Saudi for work with BKP, uh, and then all the airports shut down, so he couldn't leave Saudi, but so... He met a lot of great Saudi talent that started working with us. Um, people who are like, um, you know, media personalities were sitting at home. They weren't going to the studio. So we sent them microphones and they started working with us because they were bored at home and stuff like that, like influencers and stuff like that. And we launched with seven shows. Um, by the end of the year, we had a sizable amount of downloads. And, uh, and ba- based on that, we went and we sold the dream, you know, of... A podcast company, and we there's there wasn't many examples so you in the region. Seven shows before you raised the money. Yeah, before we raised, yeah. so we had nothing before that. So seven shows, um, and then we had BKP uh, access because yeah. after the lockdowns, shway shway, like the the studios started opening up again. So we started getting people back into the studios and stuff like that. Um, and then in Jan 2021, we raised what we raised, and um, and we just went, you know, racing and. St- Came super like focused on creating shows and you know recruiting as many people as possible under the network um, and then see you know and see how it grew you know like trying to understand what the verticals were that were working for us 
and then how we doubled down on what worked and what didn't work, how we cut it out. And, and we made a lot of mistakes, obviously, you know, so, um, but yeah, you, you do what you got to do. Can you mention some mistakes? Sure. Yeah. Where do I start? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, look, I think, um, we, we, uh, in the beginning, I think there was a lot of, uh, we, sometimes we would put a, a lot of effort into one thing and that thing wouldn't pan out and that was a mistake you know uh, like for example a client would come in and you know we were so focused on getting revenue because you have to have revenue to <laughs> have a successful business and so okay we have these shows and they're moving and stuff like that um, so we got to get revenue and so anybody who would give us a hint that they were going to pay us money we would put all of our effort into that so what suffered was our shows because we would be all of the company, all three or four of us would be focused on, you know, that deck and doing demos and da, 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 all these type of things. And then in the meantime, the, you know, the, the rate of downloads is suffering because we're not focusing on the shows, you know. And so that was, I think, a major like uh, thing so for me that I learned. So basically, concerned about revenue like early on. Too concerned, yeah. too concerned about revenue. I don't, I don't think you shouldn't because we, you know, you have to get revenue, and I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Yeah, you have to get money. But I mean, you are in a very difficult industry, podcasting. Extremely and difficult. Revenue is like, you know. You know how difficult it is. You have to. I know how difficult it is. <laughs> you know how difficult it is, right? It's so hard. Like no yeah. one gets it. Like it's just I have to do an educational like monologue every single time I talk to anyone about podcasts, you know, and it's so like, it's drain, it's soul sucking. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's, it's everyone, everyone. Well, except for actually Saudi clients are way more like, uh, they get it more because I think it's just much more in the ether, you know, it's in the zeitgeist of Saudi, like they get it, you know, they get what a podcast is. They have a few really big mainstream shows over there. So, you know, but it's just, it just gets tiring. But, you know, with time, we start seeing people more responsive and, and starting to get it. But that's just, it's very tiring yeah. for, for us to do that, you know. And so what, what we tried to do this year was really balance between that, you know, the, the focus on our shows and focus on, our, on, on the revenue streams, you know. Naturally, I started gravitating towards partnerships and, and revenue, whereas now the team, I trust way more to handle the shows. So we became, I mean, I still have to read scripts and stuff like that when we do have to do like a big show. Uh, but in general, we have great producers. Um, we have, you know, Bashar who's handling that pipeline of content that we're pushing out. And month on month, it's been great. I mean, we're growing every month since January. Um, January and, 2021. Uh, 2020, uh, after, I mean, the learnings of 2020. I mean, yes, 2021, we were growing, but we suffered. I'm not going to say every month was a growth month. Okay. No, absolutely not. Some months, like, I would be depressed. I was like, what is going on? Like, we were doing so well the past two months. Why is it not good? You know, like, tears and, the, you know, all of us crying. And uh, But then what are you going to do? You got to get up, shake it off, and continue and see where your mistakes were. And we did a huge, like, data dump. Like, we just went in and we started seeing where we were doing well, where we weren't doing well. Where were people dropping off? Why were people dropping off, you know? And we tried to start fixing show by show, show by show, show by show, you know? and creating stuff like that. So uh, what works? Like, what are the shows? Uh, I mean, there's I no... Have, we have some hit shows. Uh, <laughs> no, we have, look, we have a few shows that are, uh, do like, okay, we learned a lot, right? So, and everything you do right now is kind of a, it's, it's, a, it's, um, it, it's an edge, everything in content, I think, 
it comes from data, but there's a part he, uh, after the after you go with your gut feel and your data and stuff like that, and you just have to test it with the people. Mm-hmm. So we started doing uh, piloting phases, you know, where uh, when we do a show, we do we don't commit to like five uh, twenty episodes or what, no, we just say like we're gonna do one pilot episode plus um, four other episodes. Mm-hmm. So a pilot like mini season. Why five episodes? Because we wanted to understand. Because um, you can't really learn much from one episode, right? You have to have five at least to see if there's a pattern across five episodes. Um, like Basil today, who's telling you this, could not know any of this back in Jan, Jan 2021. I was so, I didn't even know what an IP was. I didn't even know what, like, I didn't know anything. This is all with experience. We had to like, we had to like teach ourselves to, to, to think this way. How to work with creators. What's IP? How much can we own from the IP? How much can they own? Who should we give IP out for? Who do we license to? Who do we not license to? Um, you know, all this stuff we learned on the job over the past year. You know, like there's no rule book or playbook for podcasts. So we had to learn from video. We had to learn from Kaza. Like, what do they do? How do we apply that to podcasts? You know, um, piloting phase really worked out for us. Like for Qararat Ghair Tariq, one of our shows, um, Decisions That Changed History, um, we just put out five and we saw like, we worked really hard on the five. But then we saw completion rate, amazing. Um, and then that was I actually went behind an, a subs, Apple subs, which is the paid proposition of uh, Apple okay. podcasts. And we started seeing some people actually paid for this, okay. <laughs> you know, let's do more of this type of content because the more we get subscribers, the better it is. Like we let scale through, but that's another obviously thing that it's another science that we need to get into. But uh, but so we did uh, Rasul and we did, um, based on that data, that's that understanding of that people liked that type of content. Um, Which is like historical. Yeah, like uh, narrative, factual. factual yeah, but we did it in a very, <clears throat> not a conversation, yeah, but, uh, and that's just one of our verticals, right? There's other verticals that we work on. But this one uh, was interesting because people paid for it. There was tweets about it from people that we don't know, you know, like in Saudi, people saying, uh, recommend me some podcasts, some Qararat Ghayt al-Tariq, Tikriti, al-Rasul, like it kept coming up in recommendations from people in Saudi that we didn't know. It's like, okay, we're onto something here. This is good. You know, we, there's a small sample size that's reacting with this podcast and let's do more of this, you know? So that's on the Asli proposition, what we call Asli, which is our um, narrative, uh, voice acted, scripted. We never do something that's like, uh, you know, 1995 TV. Like, we don't do that, you know? It has to be like a very, like a relatable uh, host that you can, like kind of like Business Wars. Mm-hmm. Business Wars, like at, at face value, sounds boring, but when you get into it, it's one of the best podcasts in the world, yeah, you know? The narration is amazing. The voice acting is awesome. Yeah. The research is great. Yeah. It's just like concise, like exactly what you want out of a podcast. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. Wondering, my favorite podcast company. Please buy us. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, Wondery has been bought by Amazon. Yeah. <laughs> so by uh, by Amazon. By Amazon. Yeah. Okay. Only for three hundred million dollars. Mm-hmm. Not much. <laughs> you know. um, but yes, you're right. It is a very difficult uh, industry. Yeah. Very difficult because it's so new. It's like think about YouTube uh, in two thousand nine or two thousand eight. Yeah. I think that's where podcast is today. You know, it will blow up. But it needs a couple of more years before it like gets there. A couple of years or more or I think a couple of years because right now, like 
you know, you go to step conference and whatever. There's podcasts, you know, uh, panels, panels and yeah. stuff like that. So people are talking about it. Yes. We have brands who ask us about podcasts. We're doing Let's white talk about brands a little bit, by the way. I'm sure. curious about that. I mean, are, are brands working with you, approaching you? Do they know how to work with you? Yeah. And, and kind of like, do you help them build community? Like, what's the what's the end goal? Is it for them to drive a certain message? or? For yeah, look, I think it's two things. I think that we come, they come to us for two things. One is, uh, is producing a new show. Um, and two is, uh, you know, uh, accessing an audience, you know. So obviously with our Usli proposition, you can't really advertise on that because Usli, you mean this is original content? That original, you scripted, produce. yeah. Yes. Well, uh, we, we produce everything we do, but, but Usli is just the narrative, scripted IP okay. that we come up with. Yeah. You know, like Ar-Rasul, like Qarar Ghayt Tariq, At-Tikriti, Infijar Beirut. These are all things that we did. Um, and then you have our creators that we work with, um, like Maya Hjaj, uh, Mason Hamad, um, Abdullah Naimi. All these guys are people who are passionate about starting a podcast. So they come to us and we talk about starting a show together and we started that, that show. So uh, we work on revenue uh, share basis. Um, and, uh, but we, we create the show for them that suits them. And we build their personality, we build them on the podcast and that kind of thing. So that's the creator element. And under the creators, there's different verticals that we look at. So we look at gaming, we look at um, uh, women. So hello, for example, a big partnership that we're doing, inshallah, that we will launch next month is a, with the Saudi Esports Federation. Um, and we're launching an esports podcast called Al Marhala. And that's going to be amazing because it's got Saudi host uh, who is like very credible in the space. We have uh, amazing guests from the Saudi esports leagues and stuff like that. But that's an example of a of a partnership that we are doing with uh, a, an authority in Saudi Arabia that is going to have a lot of impact. I think, in terms of brands, I think brands um, fall within these two things. Now, um, some yes, some no. Um, I think some of the brands that advertise with us, of course, they do, mm -hmm. um, like Nivea and Infinity, uh, to name a couple, like Formula One. Uh, in Saudi Arabia, they, they, we've worked with a lot of uh, these type of they brands. They come to you directly or through an intermediate? Um, with, uh, with Infinity, well, most of the time, yes, it is uh, direct. Yeah. Um, but we're hoping to change that, that it becomes a natural thing through uh, media agencies. Okay. You know, that's what our goal is. Because obviously, if you, you know, become part and parcel with a media agency, then you don't become have part to. Of the media plan, yeah, right? exactly. Become part of the media plan. You know, we, if you're listening to us, uh, media agency, uh, who, who media you know? buyers. Samara, I think, was on the. <laughs> yeah, Samara, yeah. <laughs> Please send that to him. I don't know if he's on that agency or not, but uh, <laughs> he's no longer with OMD. But yeah, he, we, yeah if he knows someone at yeah. <laughs> OMD, but yeah, so it, it is. I mean, that's what we where we need to get okay. to. So it's because it's a lot of effort for you as well. It is a lot of effort. That. It's so much effort. Like it's go and pitch it and, you every know, to pitch to a client is a major pitch. Yeah. You know, it's you put the deck together and you have to go to, to the client and you have to mm -hmm. show the client the KPIs and, you know, and, yeah. and then you have to make sure that you don't price it at a point where they're like, oh, buddy, you're just a podcast. All right. You need to, you need to calm down, <laughs> you know, uh, but I have. So, you know, anyway. But you were saying so some some get it and 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 some uh, but like when they get it is it mostly on the sponsorship side or or they want to co-create uh, with you? Some some come to us to co-create and then we tell them 
it's better. You have this proposition that you want. We have already with existing podcasts, mm-hmm. so it's better for you to jump on that. Okay. You know, look at the end of the day, it's very similar to what any content creator is. All we're doing is we're, it's content creation. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing, it's, except it's predominantly audio. You know, that's it. You know, but I can get you the same engagement you're getting off this Instagram influencer. Uh, you know, at my with Mace, for example, who has Lahza Ma Mace and it's a great show and it gets very high engagement and you know, very high completion rate. And you know, so we can do that. You know, it's just it's an educational process with a lot of uh, people uh, that we can potentially do that with, you know. So, yeah, how do you build a community? So, it's because obviously, distribution is a big part of it. I mean, I know I you know, I mean, there's the whole, obviously, uh, uh, content piece, mm-hmm. right? And uh, the, the production piece, but there's also the distribution piece. Yeah. And I think like one of, because we spoke about Joe Rogan, and I think what is interesting about Joe Rogan is you have a lot of engagement, uh, at least before he moved to Spotify, right? I think one of the reasons why people were upset because he moved to Spotify is because there was a lot of engagement on YouTube, Yeah, right? true. Yeah, he so had a lot of... build this... Uh, here, I mean, do you, do you actively build this? Do you want to build this as a network, or is it? Do you mean as videos, or just generally? Uh, as engage as a community, like you know. Yeah, I think we take. I've, so, again, this is a learning um, over the past year, is that we started grouping shows that look alike, um, closer with each other. So, uh, if we know, for example, people are seeking value out of a podcast, what kind of value are they seeking? Is it a you know mental health value? Is it a physical, um, sorry, fitness value? So, so we understood that you know if you look alike, then maybe we can advertise shows across each other, for example, to grow audiences. Also, we we um, we work a lot in partnership with the platforms to understand what the platforms want, you know, and. Uh, what kind of programming are they looking for? And so how can we help them create those shows that can naturally fit within what they are, what their agenda is, you know? Um, and platforms being like Apple, Podcasts, like Apple, Spotify, Deezer, and Rami, yeah, all of these guys, you know? And it's very important to maintain that relationship with them. Um, and then also making sure that we have the right um, creator to be, uh, you know, a host for the podcast because that creator comes with credibility, and you don't want a creator that doesn't know what they're talking about um, to talk about mental health. Like, who are you to talk to about mental health, you know? Yeah. So good credibility, good sizable audience is preferable if you come with a sizable audience because we can use your platform to also seed that content as well. Um, and then PR, I think, is important. So like we work with a PR agency to help us put the word out there. So, you know, we got Maya on a couple of publications, for example to talk about what it means for her to do, um, to cover the topics that she covers on her podcast, not necessarily the podcast itself. Um, so all these things help us build these audiences. At the end of the day, yes, we're a podcast company, but in reality, we're an audience business. It's a media business. Yeah, it's a media. It's, it's a media. It, 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 we sell audiences like we, well, I don't want to say that obviously that sounds wrong, but, but we sell, like why brands come to us is they don't come because they like you know, uh, Basil as a person, you know, they, okay, I great, we're, we're good, but, but you want access to the audience groups that we are developing and nurturing and developing these communities and that kind of thing, you know, and that's the type of business uh, that it is in, in reality, you know. Now, for us, there is obviously a bigger goal, you know, for us, it's, you know, we always say like our, the mission is to move podcasting forward. And what that means is, you know, uh, having more voices from the region 
talk and tell their stories. And, and I really like that there is that element with podcasts. It's a very authentic type of content. You know, it's, uh, it's empowering credible people. It's, uh, it, it's, it's long form. So like, it's not the, the scrolling thing where you see three seconds and that's that. No, it's long form. You, it requires your attention. Um, it fills a gap in your day, you know, where a dead gap in your day when you're driving or when you're running or whatever. It fills that gap and it gives you value, you know, and that's so important, I think, for us. And we want to do way more of this, you know, and that's that's the mission, you know, to move podcast forward by having so many much so many of these voices join us. And, you know, we're on that path, like you said, like 30 shows and hopefully to reach the 100 and 200 and. You know, yeah. And get uh, get Amazon to acquire you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I will not say no. <laughs> uh, you would not say no. Please, if you're. <laughs> and so just just to wrap up, I guess just on the financials, uh, because I think again, podcasting is, I think it's definitely gotten bigger than than I think when I met you. Uh, yeah. Uh, a few years back. Definitely, yeah. Um, but like, how are you finding, you know, fundraising, if, like these, like, do you have these conversations? I'm sure you're, yeah. I mean, as a founder, sure. a co-founder of a business, right? You're probably always thinking about the money. Where is it going to come from? I don't sleep at night. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I do. I think about that all the time. Yeah. I didn't even think this was possible for you to think about this all the time, but you have to, like, you have to, because when you love something so much, you want it to survive, yes. you know, like, and, uh, and I do. I love. I love Rising Giants. I love what we're doing. I love our podcasters. I love the people that we work with. Um, it must be challenging because I feel like a lot. I mean, at least like now that I do angel investing and I've met a lot more angel investors and obviously the VCs, etc. Everyone's invested, interested in the tech kind of business, right? Yeah. So I think uh, companies that aren't necessarily tech. Uh, find it really difficult. I had Sarah Shama on my podcast mm. uh, a couple of weeks ago, and she, you know, she has a business where she manufactures like mealtime products for kids, and it's a non-tech business, and it was a real challenge like for her to raise funds. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. I can imagine, you know, the the, the it's the, tough. What you need to go through. Yeah. Look, I mean, at this stage, uh, we're focused so much on revenue generation. Because if revenue c- comes in, it keeps us alive. That funds us. You know, like we don't need to raise, we don't need to, you know. Um, so that was that's what we're laser focused on. And to 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 sign deals that make sense for the business, but also funds us enough that can keep us going uh, to pay our salaries and to do what we need to do, you know. Um, so today, this is what we're focused on, and um, and we've been successful in many instances in getting these type of deals and that kind of thing that come in and put some kind of cash injection into the company, you know, keeps us going and going and going. Now, you know, where are we going to be next year? And do we, will we see the need to raise again? I don't know, maybe. Um, if, if so, then, then if that's what's going to keep us going and gets us to grow, then great, let's do that. I don't mind that at all. Um, but also when you want to go raise, you have to show a case study, right? Like you have to show that, okay, I've, you know, I've grown this much, and this is the amount of downloads that I got, and this is the amount of revenue that I've generated. So this is worth it for you to invest in, you know? Yeah. Or if I don't show revenue and I don't, like, it's all like cyclical, like you have to, like, it's no getting away from it. You have to do it, you know? Um, and it gets you to become more aggressive as a person, I think. And I've never I've never sold a thing in my life before at Rising Giants, like never. Um, 
<laughs> Honestly, like I'm, I was always in content. I, I promise. The only thing I sold was when I was a kid. I um, I had the trading cards, like you know, NBA trading trading cards. Okay. And uh, and I knew Michael Jordan was very much like in demand. So I opened the case. I put Michael Jordan in the front. I wrapped it up again as if it was new. And I told kids like my my dad got this from Dubai, uh, you know, because I was an Amman back then. And sold it for two JDs. You know, and you know, I made two JDs as a kid. It's good money for a for a twelve year old. But uh, but since then, I haven't sold anything. And so, but you have to like like I, I was saying earlier, test your capacity as a person and what you can do. And you have to really push yourself. And you have to really drop your ego very quick at the beginning of your business because that's not going to serve you at all. You know how many times I've been ghosted? Like I go to a meeting, I sit in a meeting. And I sit there waiting for the person, and that person doesn't come and messages me and says like, "Oh, was our meeting today? Oh. Yeah, our meeting was today. Oh, sh- I forgot. Can we do it tomorrow?" I'm, so your, your ego should say no. That like yeah. you should have come to my meeting today. Yeah. But you know what I said? Of course, yeah. <laughs> of course we can do it tomorrow. Of course. And you go and you have to do what you got to do. You know. Of course, as an entrepreneur, you have to. Yeah. You really have to. And that's you, you, that's where your capacity comes in. You know, like. You have to drop your ego. You have to test your capacity, how much you can be doing, and just keep knocking any door you think you need to be knocking, and one of them will be a winning door. Yeah, absolutely. You know? And some people say yes, and then they pull out. You know, like just the day, the eve of. You know, they say like. Uh, oh, that could, happens a lot. Yeah, and it kills me. You know, like oh, it. Lot. Yeah. You know, a lot when I'm when I'm doing things, sometimes like my husband will ask me, like, why aren't you excited about it? Like it's in the bag. I said, No, it's not in the bag until it's signed. The money is in the bank, you know, That's and true. then it's in the bag. I've had people pull off as well. Yeah. It's it so annoying. All the time. It's so happens annoying. all the time. <laughs> it's so it I remember it happened to me recently and I got the email in the car and I put the phone down. It was good money, you know, and as I was like, is this a sponsorship or an yeah, investment? It's a sponsorship. Okay. And uh, and I was like, I just sat there in the car for 15 minutes. <laughs> uh, I do could, I scream? Do I cry? I didn't know what to do. I was like, Basit, allow yourself to, to be sad yeah. for 10 minutes. Just allow yourself to be sad. It's fine. Be yeah. sad, you know? Yeah. But then what do you gotta do? You gotta you dust it off and you continue. Like, who, like, okay, fine. You lost it. Now what? Go find something else, you know? It's just the harsh realities you know, that you don't really think about when you're excited about starting something, you know? But if you love something enough, I think, um, you'll see it through. And look, maybe Rising Giants, you know, I don't know, maybe it will succeed, maybe it will fail. The, the possibility is still there, you know? Uh, but you have to keep at it. You can't give up, yeah. you know, you have, as cliche as that sounds, you know? And test your capacity. Just keep testing your capacity, you know? Yeah. Thank you so much, Basel. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Yeah. So for the for the CMOs, marketing managers, please who are reach out. out there. You know, reach put it out. on LinkedIn. I will cry and just so you can put it on LinkedIn on your page so people can reach out to me. But yeah, no, thank you for your time. I really appreciate you doing this. this you know, the podcast space is tough, well, you know. It's great to be talking to you. <laughs> no, uh, thank you. And, and thank you for hosting me on your podcast also a few years ago. I'll do it again. And kind of talking me into uh, starting my own. So thank you as well for cool, that. Cool, thanks. Uh, and yeah, we'll meet again, I guess. Hopefully when I sell Rising Giants. Hopefully. <laughs> so we can talk about the, the success exit. story yes. you know, of, of RGM. Yeah, thank you so much. So I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for tuning into this week's episode of Conversations with Lulu. If you want to know more about Rising Giants Network, 
you can visit risinggiantsnetwork.com. Don't forget to visit the show's website, conversationswithlulu.com. You can also follow me on social media at Lulu Chazen. If you're enjoying the show, please do leave us a review and I would love to hear from you. Don't forget to subscribe on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast to get the latest episodes. It was great to be with you today. I wish you lots of love and light and see you in a couple of weeks. Are you struggling to find the right broker to take advantage of opportunities in the market? Are you looking to trade commodities, shares, or even crypto? Even if you don't know much about trading, you can learn all about it by visiting Capital.com's website. That's C-A-P-I-T-A-L.com. Capital.com is a global trading platform with over half a million users. Visit Capital.com and start your trading journey today.